Hi, I'm Bryn Thompson. This is the Coburn Ventures Podcast. It's for clients, investors, our community of industry leaders, fellows, and friends. This is a group that loves the craft of investing, studies change, is dedicated to business analysis, and all that's behind the scenes of that work. I hope you enjoy it. of what we know about AI is that our understanding of how to use it today is going to seem so elementary in just a few months when we look back. But for now, we want to continue pausing, getting our bearings, and being very aware of our questions and our thinking on it. So we continue this week placing waypoints. This episode includes just a few thoughts from me, Pip, and Rudy, and then moves into contributions from our community. I hope you enjoy it. A couple maybe things that I'll round out just to drop a couple things. I do think there's going to be some buffers. There's not going to be buffers everywhere, but there will be some buffers because humans like to have pilots, for instance, I've mentioned. And we don't need pilots, but you know we like to have them around like, hey, just in case something happens with that computer, can is there a real human that will pilot this plane down? And it's interesting because in some situations it should be just absolutely reversed. Like it's cute that the human's doing that job. That's nice. But if the human can't do this, can the, can... Um, but there are these buffers. I think teachers, there's going to be a lot of buffers on teachers, even though that's going to be a market that probably changes radically in the next 10 years. If anyone wants to read about teaching meets the next world, uh, the diamond age by Neil Stevenson is a great thing to read where Nell gets a a teacher in the form of a basically an iPad that was written in the very early nineties. And I think also that some of the questions, again, I think my favorite thing about this particular podcast was Bryn's mention of that triggered me a distinguishing between logic and emotion and the emotion of fear often points itself in logical ways. And so when I mentioned that, you know, AI will train so that your parents can have a conversation with you every night before they go to sleep, even though it's not you, a lot of people go, oh, that's really freaky. But they don't think it's freaky that, you know, our lonely parents or what will listen to television or that type of thing. So yeah, some of these things are kind of out there on the edge, but they're pretty sure going to happen. And again, a month from now, it'll seem like all of what we're talking about is child state compared to what has progressed so quickly. When the history of chat GPT will be written, It'll be really interesting to see what version will they say was the inflection point. Because I have no clue. It might be ChatGPT, the first one, or it might be ChatGPT 35. But why the hell did they name it ChatGPT being such a mouthful is beyond me. I wish they'd made it simpler. I keep stumbling over GTP and GPT. (laughs) But you know what? It is a brave new world. And I go back to what I said earlier. Be happy, be wrong, be wrong, be happy. It's the world we're entering. So now we're going to hear comments from Tim, Vita, Mike, and Matthias. And the prompt to them was something on the order of, tell us about when you were using ChatGPT or OpenAI tools and you were really astonished or really hit you that something was changing. So open-ended, but I think you will love the different types of responses that we received from these four. 
So let me begin by saying that I'm probably the world's biggest skeptic and the world's biggest optimist at the same time. When I first heard about AI generating code, I was certain that it was not going to work. And I definitely regret not giving it a try back then when I first heard about it. Because now I'm likely one of the most vocal AI optimists that you'll meet. My main focus ends up being writing code with AI tools. And my first experience with AI was asking it to complete this really, not really simple, but a simple but tedious task. It was one of the things I was not excited about doing. And to my surprise, it managed to pull out a pretty good solution the first time around. So I progressively tried and tried and tried to give it harder and harder tasks, and it just kept surpassing my expectations. And it definitely made some mistakes, and it occasionally hallucinated things. But one of the most impressive aspects that I found about it was its ability to explain concepts when it did something that I didn't understand. I could ask it, why did you do this? And sometimes it would explain it and say, I did it because of this feature that you didn't know about, or oops, I made a mistake and I shouldn't have done that. And here's the fix for it. So I appreciate its ability to explain things, but also its lack of ego and just its unwavering persistence. It never gets frustrated. It never tells me that it's tired of working on a, a problem. It never gets bored of my questions. So I use these tools every single day to rapidly prototype a wide range of ideas all at the same time. So I take my projects, I break them down into smaller tasks, and I just let the AI work its magic. And whether it's a work project or a personal project, I take typically the low value boilerplate stuff that I don't want to do and also the high value but high risk tasks. And I just give it to the AI to give it a shot. So the low value boilerplate tasks, it does a great job of, but the high value, high risk tasks has really changed the way that I work because now the cost of taking these risks has been reduced probably by up to 90% in some cases. So I can prototype multiple ideas in a single day instead of taking several days to prototype each one, because like I said, they're high risk tasks. They're often involving new technology, something that's hard to use, something that's not a lot of documentation for, something using something in a way that it's not meant to be used. So it takes a lot of work, but it just gives me the opportunity to experiment like that and work on these projects more easily. So I would say these AI tools are the most powerful educational and productivity tools that I've ever used. No matter what I want to do, no matter how many dumb or repetitive questions I ask, it's always available and at least gives me a starting point, if not the solution to what I'm trying to do. Meetings with coworkers are much more productive because we all show up with a lot more finished work to share rather than meeting and saying, hey, I'm stuck on this and brainstorming with people about how to get unstuck. I don't think that that's going to go away and I don't think that's a bad thing, but it definitely gets us in a place where people are showing off a lot more work that is in at least a prototype stage, if not a finished stage. And our velocity just has significantly increased since we started adopting these tools. Aside from that, if you're looking for a cringeworthy point, when I'm really in a rut or um, not motivated to work, I often end up giving ChatGPT a prompt that is to rewrite some kind of song but as a Weird Al style nerd song and it does a pretty great job of that too. Most of what I've seen with AI has been helping with blank page moments in either strategy 
or design or hiring uh, first drafts of things that are easier to edit than creating from scratch when templates aren't already in place. Same for what we call swipe or directional visual notions in creative to get a sense of creative direction and client reaction without too much inefficiency in generating that content uh, to prevent going in the wrong direction. One of the more interesting things that I've seen is using AI for collaboration inspiration, mashing together brands. Like there was a very fascinating thing where Nike and Tiffany did an actual collaboration and the designs were boring to say the least. And both people, fans of Tiffany and fans of Nike thought it was a complete fail on the part of the human design team for that collaboration. One of the responses on Instagram and illust uh, creative artist used AI to do an actual design of a Tiffany and Nike shoe as AI would have interpreted and created six or eight variations, all of which garnered a far more interesting and desirable response. Um, and that is, a, to me, an interesting example of where a creative team limiting themselves from exploring what might be possible in an extreme way with the AI and then reining it in towards what's possible in physical production uh, was a real missed opportunity on the part of that collaboration team. The other interesting application or I guess exposure that I recently encountered was reading an article uh, in Wired Magazine at the end of which on the final swipe on the, on the virtual app uh, or the digital app, the final swipe was uh, a list of disclosures, almost like sponsored content, of things that were generated by AI. So I thought that was kind of fascinating that they're being that open with it. And one would think, yes, that's a great idea. But it also is um, sort of raises the question at the same time of like the rigor or the thoroughness of the journalism, because it's very hard for them to actually disclose how much, what percentage of the content, etc. So um, those are a few of the things I've seen. Hope that works. This is actually, not to get too meta, an example of where I actually used AI to help me do this research and it worked extraordinarily well. I was sitting there reading through the CIW thing and like dissecting why it worked. And then, you know, with a lot of things that you find that are kind of brilliant, you're like, oh, how come no one ever thought of this before? So I basically asked ChatGPT to say, what are the top uh, groups working on farmer labor rights and stuff like that? And it listed them off pretty quickly. There's like seven or eight of them. And then I said, can you summarize in a table the key differences and similarities and how they each operate? And literally within 45 seconds, it generated a huge table that broke down all of the features of how they all different operate. And yeah, CIW, according to that, is very unique in how it does it. So that was also just a side note, very magical to see, but I'll share with you that output because it, it does give a, like, a neat little chart of here's the top seven CIW type things and here's how they all operate. So that would have taken hours to put together. It took two minutes. What surprised me at using Chat GPT was that it started very harmless, putting some simple prompts in it and getting very inspiring answers. 
and different organizations and enhancements of uh, writings and text uh, that I added to the prompt. And within two weeks, it has totally changed the way how I do BD, uh, outreach work, and also design work. And one month in, we're working on totally retooling our whole firm to implement AI elements from ChatGPT to Midjourney to many other ones. This is a revolution that is taking the world by storm. Thank you so much, Tim, Vita, and Matthias. Oh my gosh, Tim, like asking, asking it why, you know, asking the AI or ChatGPT why they, why they, why it did something a certain way and having that answer come back with a lack of ego and describing these tools of having unwavering persistence. What an amazing tool to have at our disposal. Um, I also really loved him, how he was uh, categorizing what type of work, you know, low value, boilerplate, starter work, essentially, and then high value, high risk work. And that the cost of taking that risk and experimenting has been reduced. That's something that would be great to ask many companies about, right? How just like when the cost of capital of starting a business was just plummeted like 20 years ago, now we have the cost of taking risk and exploring and collaborating, perhaps also coming, continuing to come down. And Vita having that, you know, Vita's coming from this creative mind and she's saying it's helping with the blank moments, the starter moments when you need that jumpstart with creativity or it's a part that is not using your creative brain in the best way and you just want to get it going, you know, almost like Tim's boilerplate work. And then I love Vita when she was commenting on the collaboration and the design work and hey, let's set this free and then rein it in, creatively speaking. And then Matthias, uh, just within two weeks, is ready to retool his whole firm. <laughs> so <laughs> much more ahead to hear about on all of this. Thank you for listening. <laughs>